Good afternoon. Today I'm talking with Allison Adolph, uh, a co-worker from my past. Uh, we worked at Microsoft together long, long, long ago. How are you doing today, Allison? I'm good. No longer at Microsoft, but still doing good. Excellent. Where are you today and what, what, what are you doing currently? So kind of what, what position uh, and what company and what's, what's your day, day-to-day like today? Cool. Um, so currently I am at Fred Hutch Cancer Research Center, which is in Seattle, and I am a project manager in their IT department. So day-to-day is uh, take the bus into Seattle, go to work, start off with stand-up meetings for various projects that I'm on. Um, Do you run the stand-ups, like kind of Scrum Mastery? Or for some of them, yes. Some? Okay. Yeah. For the projects that I own, I run them Scrum Mastery. Um, we try to do Scrum Master. We try to do Agile wherever possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Fred Hutch, since it's a medical research, cancer research, they are a little bit further behind in the tech industry than what I'm used to coming from Microsoft. Well, so that's that's interesting. Um, I'd kind of like to focus on that for a minute because for most of your adult career, mm-hmm. you were very software-centric. Yes. Uh, technology-centric. And now you're at Hutch. Yes. Um Obviously, doing similar stuff, being in IT, but fundamentally different industry. Yes, very, very different. How did that come about? Um, So I was always, like you said, in tech side with Microsoft, started as test, Mm -hmm. um, server-side testing, then went into program management, project management, release management, all that kind of website of stuff at Microsoft, which Mm -hmm. was fun and interesting and challenging. Um, Eventually... Microsoft, the role that I was in was I was laid off, mm-hmm. which is not uncommon in tech industry because everything changes so fast. Mm-hmm. And at that point, my husband and I had talked, and he was also in at Microsoft, and we decided we did not want both of us at the same um, type of industry. Mm. Okay. Because we figured that given the fact that tech has so many different layoffs happening all the time, yeah, um, that's just the nature of the beast. That's not positive or negative. It just is. Yeah. Yep. Um, we decided that we did not want both of us in that industry because it's a higher risk for layoffs. So we wanted okay. one of us to be in a, somewhere else. So I went into the medical industry. Okay. And what I did was I took my project management experience from Microsoft and went over into Philips, which is a different medical device. Mm-hmm. And they actually are medical devices as opposed to research. Okay, okay. Um, and I was doing project management over there. So still a more traditional product base, even yes. though it's a physical product, not yes. software, but yeah. product. It was definitely product-based. Um, and that was a huge challenge to go from tech to not tech. Mm. Because it's like it, they don't talk about, hey, we're doing a website. There were no websites that we were, I was supporting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge shift. But then um, after about almost two years, I decided I wanted to go back into tech a little bit, but I wanted to stay with the medical side. Oh, okay. So a friend of mine was at Fred Hutch, and she said, this is the best place ever. You have to come here. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, so I applied and went there. Excellent. Okay. Um, Where did you start your career? Like, what's your origin story? For career after college? Yeah, let, let's let's take it from you walked out of college with some degree, and then what? So I originally walked out of college with an English degree. 
Okay, so very different than than where you ended up. Yes. Okay. And I went for an unbelievable job offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put unbelievable in quotes because I shouldn't have believed it. <laughs> okay. Because um, <laughs> it was for out-of-print collectible books. Okay. And it was sounded amazing. And I'd been doing sales for years. Mm-hmm. And that's part of how I got through college. Mm-hmm. And I could sell anything, especially books. And the offer had been, hey, come here. We'll give you a very, 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 very small base mm-hmm. and commission. And I knew that would not be a problem because I always just did really well. This was before the internet got really popular. Mm-hmm. So there was no good way to research the company. Um, and I wish there was yeah. <laughs> back then, but there wasn't. So I went to this company and I should not have believed the word he said because nobody ever got commission. Oh. Okay. So, hence the unbelievable job offer. Yeah. Um, stayed there because it was in Georgia, um, and I didn't want to move back too soon because I'd made a promise with my mom. And then I went back to college, mm-hmm. and I got a master's. I got a master's of arts in teaching. Okay. Again, nothing to do with computers yet. W- what was your intent when you chose uh, the master's? Mm-hmm. Was it to be a teacher? Yes. Or Okay, okay. I originally wanted to be a teacher... Um, because I love when somebody gets that little light that turns on, mm. when they understand something finally and they're going, yeah. I got it, and they're interested. Yeah. And so I did some student teaching, because you have to when you're te- getting a master's, and um, had a blast. I had a kid who all the other teachers were very frustrated with because he kept falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, that happens, right? It does. And so I called up the kid's parents, and I was a student teacher at the time. And the first thing out of the parent's mouth is, what did he do now? (laughs) And I was like, look, it's not a problem. The kid is not a problem. But he's falling asleep. Next time he falls asleep, may I have him stand up in class? And the parent's like, wait, you're not calling to complain? I'm like, no. They're like, sure. So the kid came into school the next day, and he was all upset. He said, you called my parents. but did you get in trouble? No. Okay. What did your parents say? I have to stand up if I fall asleep. I'm like, great. And so he fell asleep. He had to stand up. I never had a problem with him the rest of the year. Hmm. You found so out how to... Found out how to reach out to him. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I loved about getting my master's in teaching was you find the different ways that people connect. And you can't mm-hmm. treat them all the same. Yep. So I loved that. Then I moved back here to Washington, did some substitute teaching and realized teaching is not for me. Mm. Um. I like reaching the kids who want to learn, but I don't like forcing it on people Mm, mm -hmm. because people are very resistant. You can't force something on them if they don't want it. Yep. So I decided, okay, what else can I do? So I got started at Microsoft as a contractor. Okay. So, and that was originally what I was doing was um, basically editing some of their websites, the Cinemania website, which long time ago. Yes. But it was before IMDb. Yep. Okay. So I did that, and that was fun. And then from there, I just kind of fell into testing because it made sense to me. It was all logical-based. Mm, okay. So so when you started Microsoft, mm-hmm. uh, you were in QA. Yep. And then you stepped through, spent a few years doing that, and you moved to program management mm-hmm. or project management. Mm-hmm. Six, one, half dozen, the other, depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. Did you find that... Your education, either the English degree or the master's, 
contributed to what you did? For me, it did. Okay. Because once I started taking apart, it wasn't the degree, but what I learned getting the degree. Okay. Right? So part of the stuff that I loved when I was getting my English degree was diagramming sentences and learning about different cultures and learning about different mm. things that people would do and how, would they, how they communicated it in their literature. Yeah. Um, so the diagramming sentences was the logical part and the order part for me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then finding out about the different people and the different cultures and how they managed to convey whatever they wanted to was fascinating. Mm. So you still take that into computers, into actually any environment, because you still have to interact with people. Yeah. And everybody comes from a different place and has a different story mm. and a different way mm-hmm. of communicating. So if you have that understanding and start figuring out, okay, we have the same goal, right? We want to do in some of the, the PMing or project management that I did, we, we want to release this site or we want to improve this site. We have the same goal. We may have different ways of getting there, Mm-hmm. or different ways of communicating it. But if we have the respect for each other as a person and re- focus on the goal and focus on what we need to do and agree to do to get there, that's basically all you need to do. Yep. Okay. Looking back on your formative years, grade school, junior high, is there anything you you can, see, looking back at that, can see that played into where you're at today. Like I was a tinkerer, so when I went into QA to start, it was obvious. Anything like that? So growing up, my whole family was always very organized. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad used to work at IBM eons ago in the 60s. Yeah. And then he broke off and started his own company. But all our notes from my dad to us he'd leave us a note every morning you come down into the kitchen mm. your little notes on an ibm card mm-hmm. on the floor of this is what you're expected to do today said think yes ibm think pads yes the think Cannot pads were one thing but we had the uh, actual cards that they used for programming oh which okay. is okay and you can't see this because i'm doing it in, in the air and on a podcast, you can't see it, but they were... Um, three by eight-ish. Yeah, three by eight. Yep. They had numbers all up and down one side, and yep. the back side was blank. Okay. And so what would happen is they were punch cards. Yep. Right? And so Dad would write a note on the blank side saying, okay, this is what I expect of you today. These are your chores for the day or whatever. Yeah. And uh, then we would just go ahead and check it off as you go along. And whenever Dad wanted to talk to us... Um, especially for me in college, I remember he would come up to talk to me because I was working um, at a coffee place outside of Seattle U because I was going to Seattle U. Oh, okay. And he'd come up with his little IBM ThinkPad and he would open it up and he would check off as we talked what he wanted to talk to me about. And it was all just very logical. For those who may not know, the IBM ThinkPad in this case Mm -hmm. is a notepad with the word think on it, which was IBM's thing. Yeah. Then they came out with the actual ThinkPad, the the, yes. the laptop. We're actually talking about the old school paper yes. version. It was a little notebook that yep. would actually fit in your shirt pocket. That's I how small it was. I still have one in my garage. Yeah. I've got yeah. a Think sign upstairs from, yeah. from Dad that's just a little sign for the wall. 
but yeah, he would he would talk to me and cross off the list. And so mm-hmm. everything for us growing up was always very organized, mm. very linear, very logical, and that's just how things were. So, um, well, so that leads into kind of the next question I had is: Was there a family component that that got you to where you are? Kind of um, sounds like a little bit in the logic and order. The logic and order and and the love of different cultures came from my mom. My mm. mom um, was a stay-at-home mom. That was common back then. Mm-hmm. But she was also a docent at the Seattle Art Museum. Oh, okay. And docents were volunteered mm-hmm. um, because back in the 60s and 70s, it was not common for a um, woman, a, a married woman with kids to have a job outside of the house. Mm. That just was not common. Mm -hmm. So she volunteered her time and gave lectures at the Seattle Art Museum. Excellent. And in order to give the lecture, she would have to practice at home. And my brother and I were basically the guinea pigs. You are the audience. We are the audience. So she would come home with a big trunk of whatever she was going to be talking about, and we would sit on the sofa, and she would open it up and tell us all these stories Mm. and all this history of, of different cultures. So for that... Connecting mm-hmm. with people, understanding where they came from mm-hmm. has always been important. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. You, you, you kind of indicate these uh, in the previous answers, but what were the inflection points that kind of split from one direction to the other? Of Like you could go left or right and you chose left uh, throughout your career. What were those things? There were actually quite a few of them. Mm. Um, And I think a lot of them, I wasn't necessarily conscious of the choices or of the options. Mm. So the first one was just going, picking a college and picking a major, right? Because when I was looking at going to college, you had to, number one, figure out a, a school like anybody would do. But when I was going, you'd pick three or five that you would apply to. Nothing more than five. Mm. And um, I did not want to play favorites in my family. Mm. So I did not pick the school my mom went to. <laughs> I did not pick the school my dad went to. And I did not pick the school my brother went to. Okay. I applied to all those, but I knew that I was going to be either in hotel restaurant management or an accountant. And I'm none of those, right? So, When um, did you study any of those? <laughs> I started at Michigan State. Okay. Because they had one of the best at the time hotel restaurant management mm-hmm. options and also they had good accounting mm-hmm. so I was like cool that's where I'll go um, and the first two years you just take your undergrad stuff mm-hmm. so my first two years there were okay nothing nothing great nothing stellar um, but then the summer after my second year my mom got cancer mm. she and my dad had been divorced it was not a pretty divorce mm-hmm. and so I knew that I would not be able to function away from away from my mom when she was going through this i needed to be there for her yep because she had nobody else so i said i'm tired of michigan state and i'm moving home and my mom was happy she didn't really question that because she needed somebody there Mm -hmm. and so at that point i switched to seattle university which was probably the best choice i could have made at that time ever oh good okay um because what it did was it gave me a smaller school Mm. michigan state is huge very large, yes. And it's very important when you're going through life is to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. Right? 
And at the time, I thought a huge school would work for me. And when my mom got cancer and I decided to stay home and I applied to Seattle U, that allowed me to go to a smaller school, Mm. which is what I really needed. And so I did much better there because it was the smaller classrooms Mm -hmm. and you actually interacted more with the teachers. Yeah. And I also changed my major to English at that time. Allowed you to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, I did great there. Loved it. And what inflection points can you think about as far as when you decided from that Mm ill-fated book-selling commission job (laughs) to transitioning to your first job at Microsoft, what were the inflection points that kind of pushed you from one place to the other? So I think what pushed me in that case was I was up here doing some substituting, recognized that wasn't what I wanted, Mm -hmm. applied at Microsoft because, actually I applied not at Microsoft, but at a contract agency because they had contract agencies at that time. Yep. And what I wanted to do was I wanted the ability to try different roles Mm. because I didn't know what I wanted. Okay. Right? Um, A lot of people in life will ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. Right? And of all our friends, I know of only one person who can answer that. Mm. And his answer has always been the same. I want to be a developer at Microsoft. (laughs) And he's a developer at Microsoft. Yeah. None of the rest of my friends have had one thing they've wanted to be for their entire life, right? Yeah. So it's a hard question. What I knew was I needed more data because growing up, that's something that we always needed is you have to have an answer based on data. Mm. And so starting at Microsoft in a contract role allowed me to acquire the data I needed to figure out what I wanted to do. Okay. And so I knew that I had the English degree, mm-hmm. which meant I could read and write. Mm-hmm. So starting as an editor, perfect, right? Okay. And starting as an editor working on a um, entertainment site was also per- perfect because my brother was working in Hollywood. And so okay. always loved movies and stuff. Yep. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can do this. Not a problem. And so that started. And then I basically just kept acquiring more information and more data. And I knew I liked testing things, and I knew I liked breaking things. Um, basically, if somebody challenges me and says, you can't do that, <laughs> yeah, I like to prove them wrong. Well, it sounds like your shift to, to Microsoft in this case, and the little bit I know of Microsoft, is there's a whole large world there of different opportunities. Mm-hmm. So... You found one way in, and then all kinds of other opportunities opened up or became visible yes. to you by being there. Yeah. And it's one of the things that you had said earlier was um, program management, project management, whatever, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And what I love about any of the titles at a large company, specifically in this case Microsoft, is the title doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. because it means way too much. Right. Yeah. It has so many different definitions. Even within a company like Microsoft, a program manager in one group does a very different job than a program manager in another group. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of equate it back to the Oxford English Dictionary. Mm -hmm. So the Oxford English Dictionary is 26 volumes. Mm -hmm. 
has the entire history of a word. You look up the word A, mm -hmm. there are four pages in very teeny tiny font for the defini definition of the word A. Interesting. It's kind of like the definition of the word project manager or product manager or program manager. Yeah. It changes. It changes depending on the group you're in. Mm -hmm. It changes depending on the management in that group. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So I may be starting out in one role as a project manager, and you may be my boss. And then you go, and let's say somebody else comes in, and that role is going to be completely different because there's a different boss. Mm -hmm. Right? The expectations are different because of a different management. Yep. Right? Yep. I didn't change. The work that they're doing didn't necessarily change. But the management changed, and so that shifts the definition of what I'm doing, and yeah. it shifts the expectations of what I'm doing. Yeah, that that's so true. That's so true. What would you say was your biggest mistake along your path? Like if you could go back, not necessarily go back in time and change it per se, maybe, maybe you'd like to, um, but what, what would be the one thing that makes you realize... Uh, that that was a mistake. And what did you learn from it? So I'm going to answer by kind of saying there is no answer. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is it's very easy for me to look back and say, oh, I shouldn't have done that or I should have done yeah. that. Or, you know, that role that I took, the unbelievable job offer, that was a huge mistake. Sure. Yes and no. But you learned from them. Exactly. Yeah. So the mistake would have been if I didn't learn from what I did. Right? Very, very good answer. So... First time I've heard that answer, but very, very apt. Because the choices I've made make me who I am now. Yes. Right? Yes. I like who I am now. I like where I am now. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily want to change any of what happened in the past. Mm. So there were no there were choices mistakes. that were so significant, like you got stuck in a job and terrible manager who beat you down or berated you. N nothing to that degree, just well, that, some jobs you liked better it, than that, others. That always happens. Sure. Right? Um, I can easily look back and say, oh my God... Boss X, and I'm just calling boss Boss X, yeah. was horrible and failed sensitivity training four times because that happened. But that's that person's path. Yeah. Right? I worked for that person as long as I did and accepted as long as I did. And when I decided I'd had enough, you move. You, you made the choice to change. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... I can't... I am responsible for who I am and what I do and what I choose. Mm -hmm. So there are things that I wish I had done differently, but most of those things that I wish I had done differently are more about relationships mm. than they are about my job. Okay. Because I'm not... I never expected myself to be perfect because I don't think perfect exists. Mm -hmm. What I expect of myself is I expect that I learn from whatever situation I'm in. And if I'm in one that I don't like, I learn, I notice what some of the 
things are. And then if I find myself in a similar situation in the future, I respond quicker or better. Mm. Okay. So on the flip side, what would you say is your biggest win or something that was like your biggest accomplishment so far along your path? Um... I think where I am now and the person I am now is the win. Interesting. Yeah. Right? Because no matter who you are, whether you're male or female or whatever, um, to be where you are and to be comfortable where you are, you're winning. Very true. The, The job that you have or the career that you have does not define who you are. Very frequently that's how people define themselves, but it does yes. not actually define you. It, it is how people define themselves, and I think I'm, I'm winning when I realize that that is not my definition of who I am. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Would you choose the same school path that you had looking back on it uh, to get where you are today? Probably not. Yeah. Because I recognize that I do much better in the smaller schools. Mm. So Seattle U and Agnes Scott, which is where I got my master's, mm. are smaller schools. Okay. Um, and that works out better for me. That does not mean it works out better for everybody. Sure. But for me, if I had... That's the only change I'd make is I've maybe started at a small school as opposed to gone to Michigan State for two years. So you, looking back on it, you would do the same majors? Yeah. Uh, but not yep. at, at the smaller schools? Yeah. Same majors, smaller school. Okay. Okay. Because it, where I am, the majors you take, the choices you make early in your career do not always determine where you're going to be at the end of your career. Very true. So I liked the majors that I took. I mm-hmm. liked studying literature. Um, I liked getting a master's of arts in teaching, not because of the degree that I got, mm. but because of the lessons that I learned to get to that degree. Yeah. you took through it. Okay. Considering where you're at today, where do you want to go from this point forward? What do you want to be when you grow up, <laughs> When I grow up, I want to be happy with where I am, mm-hmm. not necessarily career, career-wise happy. I mean, happy with who I am and happy with doing what I'm doing. Okay. Right? Does that mean, or could it mean a particular job title or type of job you do, or maybe not for you? For me, it's not job title anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the things my parents showed us, not necessarily told us, but showed us, is that life is learning, and life is growing, and life is changing. Mm-hmm. When you stop learning and growing and changing, you start dying. Mm. So for me, um, I was I was blessed in the choices that I took early in life um, allowed me to have a retirement where I don't have to worry a lot about mm. money in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I don't have to worry about, hey, I need this high-paying job to do X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right now I can make choices to do a job that makes me happy. Okay. Um, and for me, what that means right now is I enjoy working at Fred Hutch mm -hmm. because they are doing something that I see as being a very positive. They're doing the can cancer research that I'm like, this is phenomenal work that they're doing. I love it, and I like to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to necessarily find the cure, right? Yeah. I don't have to do the work myself. I like helping support and allowing somebody else to get all the recognition or whatever. Well, and you get to contribute in your way. Yes, exactly. Not being an oncologist. Yes. You obviously can't contribute the same way as the researchers do. Yep. But you allow those researchers, you're a force multiplier yeah. for those researchers to be more effective. Yeah, we give them the network and the, the software and stuff that they need in order to focus on the research. Yeah. But I'm also very conscious of the fact that for me, I don't like being in the limelight. So I would not want to be one of the researchers in the limelight with the focus on you. Mm-hmm. That's not my personality. Yeah. My personality likes to be behind the scenes. Excellent. So that's where I want to be when I grow up, is behind the scenes doing something useful. Which is what you're doing today. Yeah. So you're in a great place. Yeah. I'm very, very happy with where I am, but I also recognize there's times where I get very frustrated where I am. Mm-hmm. Right, because I know that hey, in order to do X, Y, and Z, everybody needs to go in this direction. Mm -hmm. Follow me. This is the way you need to go. This mm -hmm. is all logical. What the heck are you doing going off in the other direction? <laughs> yeah. Um, and a friend of mine at work actually had a very good comment the other day, which is there's going to be moments, no matter where you are, at what company you are, where you're going to have a cat screaming at you, and you're just like, "What the hell, man?" And it won't stop. <laughs> it won't stop. <laughs> And it's, it's a what-the-heck moment, right? Yeah. Those moments happen no matter where you are. Yeah. But what's important is to figure out, are you in an area where you are happy, where you're able to contribute, mm -hmm. and where the pros outweigh the cons? Yeah. Right? If you are, you're winning. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's that simple, although it's not simple. Conceptually, it's simple. Yeah. Yeah. That being actually content is is sometimes a little bit harder because there's other yeah. factors in there. But it's it's a lot harder. It's it's yeah. not it's not something that you fall into. It's not something where it's not a Pollyanna attitude of oh everything's sunshine and roses and unicorns are flying around. Yeah, it's a choice, right? And so yes. at work when I have one of those moments where I'm like I'm ready to smack people. It's like <laughs> okay wait, is this really that important, that yeah. critical, and how much control do I have over it? Yeah. Right? Because there's the, hey, this is important. Um, right now, one of my projects I'm working on is we need to upgrade all the servers. Sounds really simple. I'm from Microsoft. That's easy peasy. Yeah. And then I find out, oh, wait, some of your servers are what? <laughs> They're how old? They're not upgradable. They're not upgradable. Mm-hmm. There's important information on them that if you upgrade it, you lose the information or you lose the tool. It's mm -hmm. like, oh. So it's not simple. It's yeah. not a upgrade everything. It's and, and I sit there and I go, what the heck, man? Everything needs to be upgraded. Yeah. No, it doesn't. 
So and there's you, reasons. How do you find the path? How do you find the path, and how do you finish your project if your project is to upgrade everything? Yes. Maybe redefine the project. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Allison. Sure. I appreciate it, and I loved hearing about your path, and hopefully Thanks. others will get the benefit of uh, your path and find their own. Hopefully. Cool. Thanks. Thanks.